thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. Bright in the East. I hope that everyone has had a great summer and were able to take some time off from your usual vocations to enjoy the wonders of our great Creator, whether so ever dispersed, and to spend time with friends and family. This was the first year that I can remember where we have had so much going on within the Lodge that the Senior Warden and I decided not to go dark in August. The Beehive was busy with many Masonic gatherings, and it is paying dividends. I always like to pick a theme that I know will spark a certain thought process, most often very different than what I'm thinking of. I do this on purpose as it is enjoyable to read the different takes on a simple theme. It is too soon to start to reminisce on our 2022 Masonic year. However, I wanted to express the joy and good feelings I have for what we have accomplished and where we as a lodge are headed. Thus the theme, Bright in the East, is to say that I feel so proud of all the accomplishments we have achieved to date. From fulfilling our Grand Lodge required programs, to officer giving, our re-emergence in our community, the numbers of new younger men that have not only made petition, but are rapidly progressing through the degrees, to the financial future, and lastly, to the many improvements that have been accomplished or are in work regarding the building itself. It's comparable to a proud papa watching his children to grow and prosper and to decide who best can work and best agree. I firmly believe that we have turned the corner and are headed back up. The energy is amazing. In fine, I know that I can be a tough old bird when it comes to some of the requests I have received from the brethren. My only motive is this. As the master craftsman, that I get each one of you to analyze the situation and understand the due bounds of what you are asking for, and in doing so, allow each one of you to grow into better men, better leaders, and better masons. Seeing is believing, my brothers, and what I see truly casts a ray of light and affection from the master to every member of our lodge, and whereby the hopes and admiration for each one of you is truly bright in the east. Charles S. Hayes, PM Master The sun rules the day as we know. Its beams of light have sustained all of life and our collective existences. Early man looked eastward, waiting for the dawn's recurring glow. Its power dispelling the darkness of the dangerous night, watched the rising, radiant sun climbing skyward to warm the colder northern climes or to beautify the southern and equatorial realms of the earth, and equally so, that mankind could return to the labors of survival. Our bright celestial orb was understood to be the binding source that mysteriously caused plant life to produce the food that nourished every living thing and was the light that allowed eyes to see and awakening all watchers. There's a revealed wisdom in the way our hunter-gatherer ancestors observed the seasons and cycles, and then by following how the sun traced the sky, eventually marking its solstices and equinoxes, which signaled when to plant and when to harvest. The riddle of life became a catalyst to discover more of nature's secrets, and so, the rise of the human race never ceased, 
marred only by errors, wars, and the unbridled will to dominate. The work of training the discerning eye was begun and led to the seeking of all useful knowledge, having its beginnings here with nature as our first teacher. Creation is the first encyclopedia written by our creator. It is the east in our lodges we appropriately choose for the seat of wisdom, the place of signifying the attainment of knowledge, skill, understanding, ethics, and spiritual capacity, symbolized in the worshipful master and comprising the light we seek. We also have King Solomon and his temple as an appropriate symbol for being the center of our Masonic legend and sublime narrative found in the degrees, of which the discerning mind can discover the unbounded field of human advancement, specifically for the candidate's own. Perennially illustrated by allegory and symbols in our timeless rituals, within the lodge room setting, designed to teach wise and serious truths. The lodge is our own wisdom school. Within four walls, rather than the sacred grove of the academy from classical antiquity, where similar purposes were promulgated, ultimately placing wisdom, strength, and beauty, each initially having been revealed by the sun's effects, and are now translated into the mind of the seeker, which is to be shaped and trued as a living stone. So mote it be. John McCarger, Hiram Award, Senior Warden. Bright in the East Bereaved of further ado, there are, in principle, two types of people in the world. One type that is constantly thriving to achieve the target, set by their goal-oriented, fearful way of life that coaxes them to do something right away, or else it might be too late. The other kind is that state totally unaware of all that is happening around them, and have no sense of perception that the next moment could be the last, and that all their desires and indulgent activities might end up in disloyal detachment in a flicker of a moment. The first kind performs all their activities to secure a sublime state that will only reflect longer-lasting happiness upon their mortal lives. Whereas the latter kind is seeking pleasure in the present and not worried about what might happen later on. Both happiness and pleasure are states of mind. One is responsible for longer-lasting serotonin-based mood-regulating emotion, and the other is a dopamine receptor activator that binds the mood in a fixed state of temporary, momentary joy that might fade away like a bubble on water. Desire to train in athletics or shopping, party, anyone? Happiness and pleasure are needs that we experience, whereas the former thrives on not offering addiction, while the latter doesn't last long, causing addiction. More new of thee, more there be known, all attempts faded and nothing lasted long. Freemasonry treats both kinds of men the same, seeing their needs for enlightenment. In the oldest fraternity, the differences are more important than similarities, like in any other physical environment. The flow of EMF takes along the energy and passes on to the lesser endowed areas on the principles of causation and effects. 
The Worshipful Master accepts the candidate based on the recommendation from reputed sources, barring moral turpitude, and qualifies the candidate for further growth by turning him into a brother. Freemasonry sees an individual on their personal level, not on what they might bring to the lodge. Sun in the east rises to adorn the day, to shed light. It doesn't need any. So in the Masonic Lodge, guiding for a fuller, sanctified, squared, and joyous life that brings lasting happiness. Fitting in a group at the cost of losing their identity is a loss. And that is why men of all ages, origins, and life goals are seen as standing on the same platform as long as they are seeking the light, never doubting the brightness in the East. Editor's Note Bright in the East, a term you have most likely heard more than once if you have sat through a stated meeting. What does it mean? Well, without getting into ritual, use your imagination. The sun rises in the East, so at the beginning of the day, depending on the weather, you have the morning sun heralding a new day. Light or brightness typically symbolizes the good, or at least a new start. As we see more and more new candidates get initiated, we are definitely seeing that it is bright in the East. As our membership starts to increase and we bring in new men, we bring in good men, we bring in men who are looking for ways to improve themselves and become better men. One of the ways you do this is to reflect on who you are, who you were, and who you want to be. You review the men around you in your life and copy those things you find appealing and toss out those things you don't like so much. One way to do this is to be around good men that you can learn from and who can learn from you. The Lodge provides that type of an atmosphere. You are around good men who are not perfect, but also looking to be better men. Together you take that journey towards perfection, which we will never reach. You travel the road together and discuss life. How deep you go into Freemasonry is up to you. For some, merely scratching the surface is enough. It gives them just what they need to satisfy the peace that was missing. For others, it is a lifelong journey that will never be done. There will always be another book to read, another podcast to listen to, or another lesson to learn. Both are right. Freemasonry is to each person what it needs to be. Bright in the East. How about this? The Worshipful Master sits in the East and has had to do far more than any other Lodge officer to qualify for that Oriental chair. That makes him pretty bright in my book. Bright in the East? Take a look towards the East in any Lodge. What you should see is the letter G suspended in the East and lit up. Again, without going into ritual, look to the East for guidance and illumination. Look to the East for wisdom. Look to the East for new beginnings. Bright in the East. I recently heard that the town I live in, Minden, Nevada, just south of Reno, is further west than L.A. or Buena Park for that matter. Sounds crazy, but compare Reno and L.A. on a map. As I think about this, I think about my lodge brother and my brethren there. I think of the good times, the fond memories, the great friendships, and that I know and love and say to myself, it is bright in the east. Donating Retirement Assets from the desk of Arthur L. Salazar, past Grand Treasurer. Why donating an IRA to charity can be a tax-smart estate planning strategy. It is always possible to donate retirement assets, including IRAs, 401ks, and 403bs, by cashing them out, paying the income tax attributable to the distribution, 
and then contributing the proceeds to charity. In many cases, there is little to no tax benefit associated with this type of donation. However, a direct contribution of retirement assets to charity as part of an estate planning strategy can be very tax efficient. In many situations, it can mean more funds for charities and heirs alike. A retirement account like an IRA or 401k may be the most significant source of assets accumulated in one's lifetime. Some find that due to their other resources and investments, they are not in the need of all the funds accumulated in their retirement accounts. For those who wish to give to charity, a natural question is whether they can donate retirement assets and if there are any tax advantages for doing so. Options for donating retirement assets. As part of an estate plan, there can be significant tax advantages to donating retirement assets to charity as part of an estate plan. When done properly, charitable donations of retirement assets can minimize the amount of income taxes imposed on both your individual heirs and your estate. Donate an IRA to charity upon death. When you name a charity as a beneficiary to receive your IRA or other retirement assets upon your death, rather than donating retirement assets during your lifetime, the benefits multiply. One, neither you and your heirs nor your estate will pay income taxes on the distribution of the assets. Two, your estate will need to include the value of the assets as part of the gross estate, but will receive a tax deduction for the charitable contribution, which can be used to offset the estate taxes. Three, because charities do not pay income tax, the full amount of your retirement account will directly benefit the charity of your choice. Four, it's possible to divide your retirement assets between charities and heirs according to any percentages you choose. And five, you have the opportunity to support a cause you care about as part of your legacy. Designate a charity as the beneficiary of an IRA or 401k. When you're ready, making a charity the beneficiary of your IRA or other retirement assets is typically straightforward. Fill out a designated beneficiary form through your employer or plan administrator. Most banks and financial services firms also have beneficiary forms, or they can provide you with suggested language for naming beneficiaries to these accounts. Once the designated beneficiary forms are in place, the retirement assets will generally pass directly to your beneficiaries, including charities, without going through probate. Please be clear about your wishes with your spouse, lawyer, and any financial advisors, giving a copy of the completed beneficiary forms is necessary. If you are married, ask the plan administrator whether your spouse is required to consent. If required but not done, this could result in a disqualification of the charity as your beneficiary. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.